The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Big News Coming Soon and we are out and about today and we're gone full Tommy, Hector and Larita today now because we are down below in Eileen's Bear in Ahamor and the reason I talk like this is because I'm with the one and only Mr. Donald Byrne. How's your bag? <laughs> How are things? Mighty Mr. Clark, you're very welcome to Ahamor to Eileen's. I have to say I'm very impressed with the place, I've never been in here. Deceiving little spot from Isn't the it? outside, everyone thinks it's tiny, but it's like myself when you look at me from the back, it's huge. Come here, what's the uh Wi Fi password? There's no signal in here. Uh, Eileen's bar guest talk TLK the number two yeah. each other. Talk to each other. We really don't promote social media in here in the likes of boxy bad influencers. There's not a stitch of signal in here. Too well insulated, you say. <laughs> This is a BRB building dropped in. We kept the existing three walls. The rest of this modular. Listen, will you stop now? We're not. <laughs> we're not going straight into BRB sales here. But uh, straight up, no kiss. Go on, tell me that story. What did you do? So we kept three walls. We kept the front wall, the two side walls. We knocked the middle walls and the chimneys, and we dropped in a modular frame. So not t- knock the wall behind you. Tip it with your hand. Hang on now. See. Come in. Right. Modular. So what's in that wall? Steel frame with insulation. Let's not go into the housing part of it now. No, but it's you? interesting because when I pulled up outside, I thought this was just an old cottage. I'll give you pictures to share on social media after this so people can see the state of it and what we did with it. And how do you connect? Uh, now, this podcast isn't going to be a big sales pitch for the homes or anything. We're just going to have a bit of crack. But how do you connect the modular building 
to the front wall. So I don't. I drop it in and I, I create a little cavity. The problem with older buildings is there was no cavities. So the frame drops inside. The building looks identical uh, to what it was. But you now have a cavity, you now have insulation, you now have all the things you wouldn't have had in an old building. And it hasn't lost its integrity. Was it huge money to do that? It was, but I knew a great company, a lovely fellow down there in Swinford, and I went down for him. <laughs> uh, it would have been back at the time, I think we spent about 180000 on the bulb. Well, that's not huge money. No, it's not, but that's back four years ago. Now you'll be up on three on the grand, like easy. Okay, interesting. So we're in Eileen's Bar in Ahamore. It's 2.4 kilometres off the main N17. Is that what that road was? Is that the main road out there? Uh, yes, the N17 is down, yep. And uh, you have a big, huge barn out the back. We did. I, I upcycled the barn and put it out the back. I knocked all the old roofs off the old sheddings that were outside, kept the walls and put the barn over it. So we have a lovely outdoor area. Is that a smoking area? No, uh, it's uh, our outdoor area for bands, music, parties, barbecues. And we encourage all smoking then to be outside. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Because that it'd be lovely if that wasn't uh, smoking It isn't, area. no. Yeah, yeah, and lovely. last weekend it was like a chicken house. It was packed. Yeah. And it was great. For the, so what for happened the here last weekend? We had the David Lennon Memorial truck run and it was mental stuff. It was brilliant. You had Garen playing down here. I had Garen, Stuart Moyles, um, a fellow from Wicklow called Chappie, Rejig. It was class. Was Garen plagued for selfies? He was. He took about, I'd say, I don't know, realistically, 120 or 30 <laughs> selfies. And he was wearing that big lagging jacket. I don't know how he was making maggots. But he was a great singer. I really enjoyed him. And, you know, People, in, he interacts very well. He's not snobbish or really down to type of fella. Like anyone yeah. that you have usually that I've met with you are all down to And how did young Miles get on? Oh, sure, she wished all the show. There was women firing knickers up at them. Look, the test I said to him is if they stick to the wall, they're the ones to pick, you know. There's a rumour going around that one of your regulars has a QR code. On her leg. <laughs> that is a true. Okay, tell us, she, tell uh, us this story. I, I'm ashamed to say it. She went on her holidays two or three weeks ago. And she loves Stuart Moyles in Westport Town. And she got the QR code for Spotify for Westport Town tattooed on her leg. And they also kidnapped Stuart here one night and brought him back to their mother's house for a party. <laughs> the poor devil. And now when you see your brothers, you understand how they kidnapped her. Like they're built like fucking tanks. So uh, poor Stewie nearly ended up below in the basement like Joseph Ritzel's young ones only for he was saved by a local neighbour that was passing and saw him been pulled in the door and so she has a QR code on her leg of Westport Town so I scanned it because it's hard to believe if this is right or not you know it could have been a QR code for Anthony but she Westport Town starts playing the minute you scan it so stop it oh, you scanned it with your phone you scanned her scanned leg with your phone just to make sure like that's the second person now that has had a Stuart Miles tattoo. He's big stuff, like. Oh, Stuart has an influence. For a small man, he's an awful bang, like. Yeah. It's just, it's the way he is. That old bit of a smile and then this be the hokey. Be the hokey. Well, fair fucks to Rebecca. Yeah, fair, fair place. Uh, I have a funny story for you. I was on the way over there and I pulled in at Apple Green to get diesel. And I got out. And I, do you know what? I'm not supporting fuel stations anymore that don't have either uh, paper towels, gloves... Or I'm clean. Fully agreement with you. I put probably a minimum of 150 euros a week into the car, right? I'm always in fuel stations. And some of them are a disgrace. So I pulled into one today anyway. There was no gloves, no paper towels. There was diesel on the ground. There was diesel all over the pump. It was rank. But I had no choice because I had only four miles left in that tank I'm driving. So I wouldn't have even been able to start the car again. So I'm there anyway, filling up. And I take out my phone to text you and say, how are you? Just leaving now. I'll be over in half an hour. The pump turns off. I'm here, I'm here going, what's going on? What's going on? I thought, Jesus, I'm after run, they're, run, they're after running out of diesel. So your one comes out of the shop and she goes, sorry, you can't be on your phone when you're filling your diesel. 
For fuck's sake. The phone police. Put your phone away and I'll turn on the pump again. She have high-vis vest, had she? No, no, no. So Sometimes I said, when you give clipboards or high-vis vests to these people, the heads <laughs> to fucking go on them. I said, right, so. And you know what? I was like a cunt at this stage because I was covered. There was diesel on my feet. I know. There was diesel on my hands. I was stinking of diesel and I was in bad old fettle. So I said, you know what? You can fuck off. There's €14 Euros in the tank now. That'll get me to Hamor. <laughs> I have green out the back. I, we tip it in I now. I slammed the thing <laughs> close. I did. I tapped the card and I said, thanks very much now. Do you want a receipt? That's said, someone no. who takes their job awful serious. Ah, no. Sure, look at I'll have to do a bit of research. I'm sure there is well, probably... Well, the next day now you want to pull up the Irish cigar and light it as you're filling the diesel. Well, like I wasn't the on the phone. I was texting you back. Sure. But I'm sure there's science behind it. And I'm sure there's a reason why uh, phones are banned in petrol stations but anyway that was the crack on the way over here how were the Galway races people are asking me uh, how much did you win on the second day when you won the 4 for 4 I think we pulled 1200 it was between how many of you uh, there was myself and we don't need we don't need names and Richie and the two women four of us but what we I lost my hole the first day evening right how much did you lose the first day that's more important Uh, I put 50 on four races 200 200 and the next day, um, I lost. I went with the favourite again and lost the first race. So myself and Richie, uh, it was pot luck. The girls were gone out and we couldn't get out to place a bet because we were minding the table, but the tote was there. So we said, let's split the difference that we'll back the two favourites and pick two underdogs, we'll say at a 30 to 1, 20 to 1. And horses, horses, yeah. Sorry, yeah. underdog would be just it's a term. Geez, you're very oh, precise. You're sorry. like the fucking woman with the phone now at the filling station. <laughs> so you were, you said underdog. Okay, okay so I didn't hear underdog, I just heard dog. Sorry, sorry. Um, so we we we'll just say we put 20 ahead on the two favorites, and then we put a tenner each way on the two underdogs. But every time for the next four races, a favorite came in first, and an underdog got placed each way. So we started, I think we got 180 hours that one. We changed up then to 50s for the next one, 25 each way and a 50. We got five or 600 for the next one. So you just kept the pot kept, there. I and kept you, the pot going and, and we ended up going. then with a fortune apiece, which was great. Well, that was mighty. It was. And you sold your David Cuddy sunglasses? The bookie, no, I didn't sell them. I gave them to him. I was in such great form. He was end. an awful haunt, wasn't he? He'd take the shirt off your oh, back. Oh, he was. Fella. Oh, she were up for me for the last yeah. one. But sure, yeah. look, he was from Tanland. What do you expect? Like, you know, from where? Tanland. Oh. Over the sea. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, did you never hear that song? Well, you used to coming over here taking stuff. Oh, loyal McCree, long may there be water between England and me. It's very true. They eat beans, spam out of cans, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> that book, you know, he was a queer detail, that lad. I had to laugh. I was recording you and you won the four for four. And Jesus, we took everything by the underpants off. <laughs> no, because the girl that was doing the board for him was off sound. But she he, was she was good crack. She was good crack. He was pure typical. Um, but anyways, the Galway races is some setup. Definitely, that was my first year. Now I've been there every day, and it's some operation. Oh, I'd recommend it to anyone. I'm back in for next year. I'll do because it suits me. I work Monday, and then I could went to the Monday evening. Yeah, and I'd then done all of Galway Tuesday morning, and I'd done the Tuesday evening. So I miss no work. The two evening meetings work perfect. Right. The my buzz was my, unreal. My favourite days were the Friday. There was a lovely buzz there on the Friday and it was a lot more relaxed. There was people dressed up but they weren't competing for the, obviously the 10 grand and it was, it was a lovely day. And the family day on Sunday was a lovely, lovely day. I'd recommend that to anyone. It's, it look, even Bellum Robe, I, 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 they're the only two I go to. I don't back horses all the time. It's, we're doing a work do in Bellum Robe on the 15th of September. They're just two lovely local courses. There's yeah. no snobbery or bullshit attached to it. And you could see a millionaire... Like uh, Gordon Elliott was standing beside us and he had his 
bomber jacket on. Um, you know, it wasn't a fancy brand. He had an old shirt on. There's no snobbery attached to it. There's millionaires every yeah. side and they're all down to earth. Like. Yeah, including yourself. I start off for nothing. I've most to it left. I told you that before. <laughs> but it was a great week. So anyone who doesn't know, I was hosting the audience camp for the week. So I was there for the seven days in the parade ring and out and about talking to people. And um, it was a huge opportunity, a massive, massive opportunity that I'm, that I'm hugely grateful for. Well, you were in the parade ring. Yeah. So the first day we just went over for a look at you and like there was women along there. Oh, there's Alan Clark. Oh my God, pictures. Ara, will you shut up? And we went out that evening and it was my first time We'll say, pal, in which you were, there was a crowd. Jesus fucking hell. Between yourself and poor old cowboy, you were haunted. Like. Uh, yeah, but it's good haunted. Like, it's good haunted. It is, but it's still heavy going. It's the first time for me, you know, I know people and you would taunt them, but cry selfie after selfie after selfie after. It's heavy going. Like. It's heavy going when I don't get into town until eight o'clock and you've been on the bear since three o'clock. I wasn't in bed shape. No, you were that had 15 or 16 pints. Bonko was fucked. <laughs> 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 Jeez, you've, you've ruined Bonko there. Well, he one. would give bad name a drink, as a man said to me a long time ago. No, my point is, my point is, I, you know, you're playing catch up at that stage. Everyone is well on it. Everyone's up for the crack, and you're stone cold sober going yeah, into town. It is so tough. It's hard. That's the hard part. But uh, no, I don't mind it. I enjoy it. But oh, will we tell the story about Monday night? So we went out Monday night. So I was hosting for the seven days, but I was going to take it steady. But because all my buddies were up from Mayo, I said, I'll go into town and meet the lads. So we went into town and we were having a lovely drink in O'Connell's. And then we went across to the Skeff and we had a good old crack in the Skeff. And there was people looking for videos and selfies and the whole lot. And then we said, Jeez, I'm, I'm a bit peckish. Tasty and tempting food at <laughs> Supermax. So we went across to Supermax then for the curry cheese it's chips. It's like and going into a fucking pet fair. The <laughs> and there was more selfies and there was more. like it. <laughs> and then uh, there was a lady there approached me from, where was she from? America or somewhere. She said she was over for the week. Anyway, that was mad. And then we went down to the front door. And no, no, no. We went to Keys. Oh, we went to the Keys. Yeah, and the smell we met of Nathan Carter coming the, up the door. The smell of fart in there now was like a punch in the face. Oh, stop. There wasn't. <laughs> it in the door. It was like getting a box in the mouth. I, I tell you. And there was men. All you could see was checkered shirts and boots. It was wall yeah. to wall sausage. Yeah. It, it was, was a sausage fest. Sausage fest. So Mike Denver was on, and I'd say it was 98%. 99.9%. It was like being at Balmart without the animals. Oh, 20 men on the market now, 20 men on the market. <laughs> But then going down so, the stairs, we met Carter coming up the stairs. So we, we had one drink in there and we said, right, this isn't for us. We'll get out of here. Um, there was only enough room for one country legend in there at the time, and that and, was Stuart Miles. Uh, yeah. Between Mike Denver thinking he was great and Carter thinking he was great, yeah. I just said, Stuart, let's get out of here now and not be codnars. Stuart was taking the limelight off the lot of them. So and they want a QR code to be seen on anyone's arse for them bucks. No, no QR codes. Uh, so we were going down the stairs, Nathan Carter was coming up the stairs, they were all going in, and then we went to the front door, we said we'll have a quiet one in the front door before we go home, we were in the front door having a lovely time, minding our own business. And then, I was over at the bar talking to two people that we had met at the races that day, you were over in the corner with young Miles, minding your own business I might add. We were, we were talking to, to the DJ. Over in the corner, talking away to the DJ, I was at the bar, minding my own business, and a fella comes over to me and he goes... And he just leans in. Big tall man. What height would he be? Six what? He was six two or three. Six two or three anyway. Towering over me anyway. Says you wouldn't be hurt. But uh, he goes. And he didn't say hello. He didn't say anything. He goes. I'm sick of looking at your face all day long. That's what he said. And I said. 
Well, I'm only looking at your face for the last three seconds and I'm already sick of looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> and straight away, he didn't know what to do after that. Well, I poked Stuart and I said, look, it's definitely bother over here because I could see this fella turn over here and your hand going. And I said, he's after fucking saying something. <laughs> so, of so course, anyway. I said, it's time for the chest to go out now, Stuart. So then he goes, I said... Uh, Come here, what's your problem anyway? Like, And I was just trying to chat it out with him. And I wasn't drinking, obviously. Uh, he had a few on him. And he goes, I'm looking at your face all day long and I'm sick of looking at it. Now, let's just put it into context. Throughout the course of the day, I only do five interviews. So there's five interviews. They last no longer than 90 seconds. So that was the extent of him looking at my face all day long on the TV screen, screens within in the Galway races. So it wasn't even 10 minutes he was looking at me. But... um. I said, so, all right, what's your, what's your argument or what's your point? And he says, uh, there's just no room. There's no room for this audience cam at the Galway races. And I said, well, sure, like, tell me why, like, why? What's the, what's the issue with it? And he couldn't answer me. And he kept getting all mithered. And he goes, it's just, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. And then he goes, oh, this old happy-go-lucky shite, he said. And I said, well, what would you prefer? Would you prefer we started talking to all the losers, everyone that's lost money and everyone that's wasn't able to get dressed up and everyone that's, that's having a bad time, is it? Or just, uh, what, what do you want? And he had no answers. No answers the whole time. And he just kept, kept getting, uh, coming back with the same answer. So Donald comes over then. <laughs> Donald stands in kind of halfway between me and halfway between him and the chest out. And the chest went out a good four foot now at this stage. <laughs> it was like I never seen. Well, did you ever see a Robin Redbreast when they get <laughs> cold? <laughs> did you ever see a Robin I took Red... a deep breath. I took a deep breath. <laughs> did you ever see a Robin Redbreast when they get cold? They blow up. So he, it's, like, it's like he put his thumb into his mouth and went. <laughs> and he stood out anyway. And you were looking at a spot on the wall in between me and him for about four or five minutes. Well, I was trying to listen to what he was saying to get a grip before I decided, you know, was Clark wrong? Did Clark drop the hand in this fellow? Yeah. So you knew anyway that I was trying to make, uh, I was trying to have a reasonable discussion with him. There was nothing reasonable for him. Donald turns around and he goes, come here. Would you ever fuck off, good lad? <laughs> <laughs> well, the piece that fucking pissed me, he goes, you're Americanizing the Gore races. What the fuck type of statement was that? Oh, that was the one. That that, was, you're that was Americanizing the, the Gore races. I was said, the, will you ever fuck off like a good lad? <laughs> that was the trigger anyway. But I have a saying, and I've said it before, never pack a bollocks because there's always one when you get there. And God bless that lad, that's all he was. And if he had a valid argument, you'd say something. But sure, we could not get a bit of Sure, we're the most validity. un-American fuckers you'll ever meet. Jeez, American. So anyway, Donald says, listen, would you ever fuck off, good lad? And then suddenly, instantly, those three bouncers around. And the female bouncer asks me to leave. So she sticks the head in and she goes, right, out. <laughs> I said, what am I getting out? What am I getting well, out Well, I thought the way she winked at you, that she wanted you outside, like the job was on. No, there was no job on. So no. she goes out. And I said, listen. I'm not even drinking. I'm standing at the bar minding my own business. Your man comes over abusing me and you're kicking me out. So she calmed down then and then I was afraid you were going to... I, th- I thought you were going to put your man to sleep. Yeah, the steam was up now. The steam was I up. Thought, but like, I thought you were going to put him in the... 25, 30 pints. Do you know what I mean? I thought, it wouldn't surprise me. I thought Don was going to put him in the Ahamore sleeper hold. 
bollocks. So we went yeah. out the front door anyway. There was two guards at the front door. The minute we went out the front, you started saying to me something like, what the hell was that bollocks on about? The two guards then overhear our conversation and they hightailed it out of there. For fear there'd be a fucking bit of paperwork on it. They were gone. They were gone. So we went home then after that. And that was the end of Monday night. No, in there as well though, Stewie, Stewie got a nice selfie. Just, I think we were trying to come out the door in the row, if I remember clearly, and somebody goes, oh my God, it's Stuart Miles. Right. And he did. I remember that. The only selfish. I think Stu got two. <laughs> I got one. You got 482. And Cowboy Kelly got 920. <laughs> oh, but anyway, it was a great night up to that point. A great night. Did you enjoy the week? Oh, I well, did. You were there two days. I did. But I was bollocked. I was back at work uh, fully Wednesday and I didn't sleep in or anything. But I was shook, like shook. Uh, when you do two days drinking anymore, the nerves are bad. Years ago, I do two fucking weeks, not a bother to me. Yeah. Once you go over 30, 35, Christ almighty. Rat stacking bales in the room and fucking the shivers. And There's loads of questions coming in here. And I have to ask you, how have things changed since we teamed up? How? Well, every prick knows my face now. Before <laughs> this, it was you were the Red Baron man. And, you know, everyone goes, oh, that's your man, the Red Baron man, or the man that got arrested. Now it's... How's Alan Clark? Like, I could be randomly filling fucking petrol and someone will come over. And in Galway, it was weird, you know, spending time with she and going down the street with she. An awful lot of people now associate me with Alan Clark straight away. Like, you know, oh, I really enjoy you. Now, I have never been on Instagram till we've done this. I think I had a page set up, never used it. So I get a lot of personal messages, you know, with people that have... Like some of the content I put up, if you took a day or two off it, where are you gone? I got a lovely message today from a lady. I managed the under eight Sahamore team and we had a game in Foxford during the week. Yeah. And she stood on the sideline quietly, said nothing, and she messaged me today to say it was lovely to see the other side of the owner burn managing under eight's team and giving a team talk and you know, I have had a brilliant experience with Instagram. You've gone from no followers to four thousand followers Follow. in a couple of months. And I've only had one negative comment that came yesterday, which was really nothing to do with me. I was supporting a local company and the person sent me a message. I sent it to you. Oh, you shouldn't buy that product. They buy their signage in Dublin. Other than that, I've had so many nice messages. Like people love positivity. They love encouragement. They love day-to-day stuff that's not bullshit. Bit of farming, uh, the kids, all the normal day-to-day stuff they love. And again, learning about houses and stuff like that. Yeah. And from a business point of view, how has it been? Oh, it's been mental. Look, you know... um, no, you're going to have your tire kickers, you're going to have your stupid questions, but definitely there's been nothing but to turn it into sales. Yeah. And social media is the way to go. Radio is over, in my opinion. Newspaper is over. Uh, I, if if I could encourage any business out there, spend it on social media, you know, get talking to the right people. It's definitely the way forward. Yeah, it definitely is the way forward. But like you say, there's an awful lot of spoofers out there as well. Do you know? Oh, there's an awful lot of it. An awful lot of spoofers uh, in terms of agencies, marketing companies, uh, content creators that saying they can deliver this, that and the other. Like, I, I suppose I'm blessed that my engagement is, is genuine and it's through the I roof. Bet you, you've seen it with your ticket sales for the live podcast. It's mm. genuine followers. People yeah. that are really sound. And I've met an awful lot of them. And there's some people now that comment every fucking day. They're nearly like groupies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But your followers are genuine people. Like. Ah, they're class. Yeah, they're class. Are you enjoying it? I am. I And so lucky I've had not one negative experience. And... I love the so many people send you nice messages that would you'd never know of encouragement. You know that post meant so much to me. Um, imagine the pub with no fucking coverage and now the phone is ringing. Um, Do you need to answer that? No, it's a WhatsApp. 
Yeah. Uh, so it has been brilliant. No, and I like it. And I, I, I like going through it in the evening time, you know, different stories yourself and Cuddy and Garon. I get a great kick out of it. You Garon. would have been a hardcore radio man, though, before this. Oh, always. Yeah. Never did I believe in Anthony. No, we shared stuff on Facebook, and Facebook was very good to us. But you would have been paying the local radio station to come out once a year and yes, do a big outside yes. broadcast. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I just, it's a short engagement. Well, now you sort of, you're living in it. And people are following you. It's like how we used to tune into Home and Away years ago every evening. Now they tune into you to see what's happening the next day. Yeah. And the da- like the fucking puncture we got at the side of the road. That the amount of people that said that to me, even here last Sunday. Uh, a good friend of mine, um, Emily Hickey, said to me herself and her husband Shane were in the bed rolling round laughing at 11 o'clock and said you have to message him and I got hundreds and hundreds of messages over that fucking puncture two punctures sorry two never punctures. mind one puncture but two punctures the thing that people say to me it's on our highlights if you want to go back and watch it it's on my highlights there is tire gate but uh, the thing people laughed the most at in my stories was if you play Stuart Miles three times he shows up <laughs> <laughs> and when he rang then well be the hockey like well, the most people the said ho- you know be the hockey yeah. <laughs> we said we're at the side of the road and he goes well be the hockey oh look and I and we did not plan or expect that but it turned out my phone lit up for days and days yeah People are asking me uh, about a house and I said that I was over in your place yesterday and very, very early plans and people were saying, sure, what are you doing planning a house if you don't have a site? And I said very specifically, it's very, very early days. We're looking at different shapes and different sizes and what's affordable and what's not affordable and what I'd like and in terms of would I like the big window at the front or would I not? And but the vision is an awful lot clearer now than it was. Oh, but yeah. we're getting there. Like, sites are fucking impossible. Look, if you move to East Mayo, as I said to you already, we've no problem. Will you sell me, have you a site out here for me? I told you that, no bother. You could be a regular and Eileen's walk down the uh, road. You'd have me in here pulling pints and cleaning oh, tables. Dave, she wouldn't be able to see over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> no one could pull a pints. <laughs> but Westport Castle Bear is a hard place to get a fucking site. Like, it's awful hard. It's impossible. It is. So, But come here, is there something about um, you have to have a connection to the area? Correct. So you couldn't randomly walk come out of County Leash now and look to get planned. But could I come out of Castle Bear? Oh, you're sound from the area, as long as you're with, from the county. Oh, are you're you? You're pretty much okay, yeah. Now, if it's on family land in a very Gaelic-type area, you need to be from the area. But if you don't already have a house, so you need a housing need, which mm. you don't own a house. Mm-hmm. If you've never had planning permission already in your name, which is more so in Galway, and I've seen it with a customer we had who was divorced. She needed a house because she was now separated, but because she already had planning in her name once, they wouldn't give it to her. So it, it's tight. What's that about? It's madness. It's fucking madness. But the, I told you this a hundred times. The problem with common sense is not that fucking common. This housing crisis could be just gone in the morning. So if she's blacklisted because she already had planning permission. Yes, in County Galway. Galway is impossible. But that makes no sense. I know that. And she has a housing need and she's divorced and he kept the house and the deal was she took the money and she built her own house, but she cannot. She could buy a house that already exists. Well, come here. Let's try and break it down now and put ourselves in the seat of the council. What is the thinking behind that? It's hard to describe it. There's a county development plan that probably changes every five to ten years. So you might have a plan that we're looking at now that's outdated. Uh, you could, you know, different planners come into the area um, that are from, you know, different areas and they bring in maybe bits with them that they learn from Galway, stuff like that. It's very hard to see consistency. Mm. Um, now, most of them are very, very fair. Jeez, we have great coverage here today. I better put it on silent. Uh, but it's very hard for a young couple. I, I just, I feel so sorry for a lot of them. Yeah. Because really it should take three months. It doesn't take six months to a year. 
in certain counties. And other counties, bang, granted straight away. So it's looking like I'll have to move further east into the county if we don't I, get anything sorted around Castlebar. I, I think it will. I was brought to a site visit this week that I told you about on Monday, Tuesday, and it was 90,000 out Castlebar, Westport Road. The site was 90,000? 90, 90,000. The site was probably 20 metres wide, max, maybe 15 to 18, and it went back then uh, maybe 100 metres, but awful narrow. Like 90 grand for, for a site like that. You would buy three sites in this area for 90 grand. Wow. And three half-acre sites. Yeah, lovely sites. And lovely a, and sites. And a bit of privacy. Correct. And look, I think, I know it's nice to be home near your own, your, your own home, but Jesus Mio is an awful lot tougher. Knock Airport is up the road. Clamar right beside us. You're not far from Galway. Castle Bear is a million miles away. Look, I'd move that little bit and, and spend less money. And I was trying to justify to that fella, would you put 90,000 into a site? Or he had a free site further up the road. It wasn't as near the town. Mm. But he'd have had 90 grand then to put into his house because his own other site was free. Yeah. Yeah, a lot to be said for it. Especially the way interest rates are going. A lot of questions coming in about mortgages. Oh, we're flying with the mortgages now. Now, now you, you let, did let, let the bank manager shit himself in our first podcast. Let, let's, let's, the, let's talk about this. Okay. We spoke on our first podcast. You mentioned a particular outlet. Yes. That provides mortgages. Yes. Two days later, that particular outfit. They refuse to take calls at anyone that mentioned our names. <laughs> <laughs> that is no word of a lie. He called me in. I was summoned into this room upstairs in a huge long table. And I sent you a Snapchat of it, I think. He was at one end of it and I was at the other. And he goes, what the fuck did you do? You were like a bold school oh, child. But the, and so, I'm not going to go name it and shame So what happened was, what happened was their phone went shafogs. Yes. They went balubas. And I also said how he'd lend money to anyone in the country because he had at that stage. He'd lent money to Cork and pe- the people within the local area said, we cannot get fucking money locally and you're dishing it out. And poor old Donald had no idea the power of the big news podcast. Not a fucking notion had I. So <laughs> You thought you were just chatting away. I, I thought I was doing great job sending him work. He goes, I have a certain allocation that I have to give out of mortgages. If every call I took this week, we would have money given out for three years. So we've got branched up with... Um, Two bigger banks and a mortgage broker. And I'm not going to name them now because they don't want the same thing to fucking happen. Right. So you contact us and when we vetted you to know... So you that, vet them to make sure they're not That spoofer. you're not pie in the fucking sky stuff. That you haven't fucking five euro in a piggy bank. That you actually have savings. That you have a permanent contract. That you're in the job for six months. That you have a site. Then we introduce you. That right. we haven't wasted that person's time. Brilliant. Yeah, and it makes total sense to him too. I can see where he was coming from, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, you thought he'd get three or four phone calls. Yeah, so they're, they're sound now and they're well across the line and it works as a normal drawdown like any mortgage. You have foundations, uh, house arriving, first fix, second fix and completion, five stage payments. Um, there's external engineers involved. There's uh, the indemnity insurances, all the bits and bobs. It's very simple now. You yeah. make it sound very simple. Well, it is. If No, if you come to us and don't have your shit together, which a lot of people, I'm afraid, don't. I cannot work fucking miracles. You know, if you have a permanent contract, like I've already said, if you're in employment six months, you have your pay slips, you have a few pound savings and you aren't gambling the whole lot with Paddy Power on fucking line that they can see it in your online banking, they'll dish you out money, not a bother to them. Where do you get your energy from? Like, are you always, are you always upbeat? Do you ever have days where you're just like, fuck this, I don't want to get out of bed? I'm having less of those days, I have to say. Um, and I spoke to you about, you know, coming out of COVID and that, I have definitely learned skills from Tara, from Bonco, from hanging around with positive people like you. Um, it, you have to learn the skills. 
and I had a great chat with a businessman this morning that I worked for in Casper and I was saying I wish in two or three years when my company's big enough to be running itself that I could go around to smaller businesses and give them some advice that they may fucking listen to by steady yourself listen to what I have learned get in the exercise hang around positive people fuck the begrudgers plan for the future you know there's lots of little bits I have learned and it's not one thing it's from getting up in the morning and I've listened to so many audible books the minute my feet touch the carpet I'm so grateful for all I fucking have my wife is here she's healthy my children are healthy when the shower knocks on fucking great today I'm going out on foresight visits can't wait to make these new customers uh, you know, you're getting in the mirror and you're shaving. Well, fuck it, didn't we get that job yesterday to whistling as you're coming down the stairs? When it used to be, fuck, I, you know, I have to go in here again today and I have to go fight with this fella and I hope this fella buys. I have totally changed it. And then in the evening, I'm home for five o'clock, the latest, most of the time. Sit with the kids, have the dinner, go up to the farm, have hurling or football, and every second evening, Marion will go uh, to the gym um, Mondays and Wednesdays. I'll go Tuesdays and Thursdays. That I look forward to getting into Banco. I'm not going through the motions working out. That I'm fucking bushed to my balls. I bought the ice bath. 80 quid well spent. I come home, I jump into that. Bring the kids to bed. Read them a story. Come down, have a chat with Marion. Watch a bit of telly. But I'm in bed by fucking 10 o'clock, half 10 the latest. Getting the sleep. I have the cooler box in the back of the Jeep. It now contains fucking gallons of Olvik, um, yogurts, turkey, brown bread. I can pull up no matter where I am, make a quick fucking sandwich. I'm notched up and eating breakfast rolls. And then that's till Friday. Friday evening, I jizz the lugs are back. Yeah. 10 or 12 quick pints. I'll train the under eight Saturday morning. I'll do the farming. We'll get takeaway Saturday. We'll go for dinner Sunday. I'll have a few pints. And Monday, I'm back into the routine. And it's about a work-life balance. And the people that I used to listen to, ringing on the phone, good friends of mine, bitching and fucking morning, I've cut less of them out. I haven't been rude to them in any way, yeah. but it's all that balance. Have you made your circle smaller? Yes, without any question. And I didn't want to make it smaller, but it's become smaller by default. Yeah. and It's I, a great feeling, isn't it? It is, but it's, it's... And I said it to you before, like being self-employed is a lonesome fucking spot. And to be honest, you know at the start, I would say five staff. Yeah. The minute work finished, we'd have pints together. Yeah. The minute the job finished, we'd have pints together. That cannot happen now that I have near 60 staff. Mm. It cannot happen. And, I, you know, you have to have the, the people that you go to to wind down and the people... You don't want to talk about work yeah. when you're on your wind down. Um, but also, a lot of people change because they think burn has gone too big for his boots. Fuck him. And that sound, and I totally appreciate they're entitled to that. But I've seen people... And I only had a conversation with Marion about it last week that I've been off close to and been through personal stuff with them and helped them and they've helped me and now I don't see sight nor light them. If they saw me, then they're across the road, which is grand. But I have to learn that that's not me that done that. That's not my fault. I am still the same bollocks I always was. Well, I like to think I am. But I have no interest running around, you know, why aren't you talking to me anymore? That's their business. We'll take a pause there. So do you want to get a drink? Yes, please. <clears throat> Can you build a 300 square foot bungalow? 300 square foot Alan, isn't that size there. That's the most stupid question that was ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> the average bungalow is 1,000 square foot. Fuck's sake. You shut up. That's sorry, sorry. 3,000. Oh, oh, yeah. 3,000. Yeah, yeah. 3,000. Who'd win between a fight between himself and Cody? I'd fucking win. Ah, you, you would, yeah. And I'll answer that question. You'd make bitches up. 
We'll get back into it. Finish eating crisps. Take okay, a good take old a swig of that. Split the G, you have to get it to there. Right. We've taken a break. Donald went and poured himself a pint, and I saw him putting the money in the till myself. He was going to split the G, but instead, he's after taking two thirds of the pint. <laughs> I took the G slinkly and offer. Let's go back to it. And you were talking there a moment about a moment ago about people you know that you would have been friends with and you would have helped out, and now they're kind of their attitude has changed towards you. Why do you think that is? Is it something within them, or is it something you've done? I hope it's not something I've done. I'd like a bit closer think, there. Sorry. Yeah. I hope it's not something I've done. I'd like to think I'm very much the same person. But it changes, you know. It does. People start to think you get too big for your boots. People are begrudgers. And I said that on the podcast. It's a thing called tall poppy syndrome. When you get too big for your fucking... Your head comes above the parapet. It likes to be cut off. And it's not always the case. And definitely the messages I get on Instagram are all positive. But there's a lot of people that would have changed their look outlook on me. Yeah. Does it upset you? It An odd time, very rarely. I have Two or three weeks ago, there was a person that I spotted... I said it to Mary, I said, look at that book there. And he totally turned uh, when he's seen us coming. But, you know, I've learned to let it over my head. It's not my fucking issue. So in a nutshell then, in 30 seconds, what has changed? How have you changed your life? You went to a life coach. You started exercising. You made your circle smaller. You started going to bed early, getting up early. Eating properly. Eating properly. I cut out fucking deli really altogether. Only have a breakfast roll as a treat very rarely. Um, And... I wouldn't take the fucking piss Sunday night on the beer either. If I had heavy drinking to do, I'd like to do it Friday, Saturday, that I'm home, in bed, good time Sunday, fresh for Monday. I don't like being sick at work from drink at all. Did drink ever have a hold on you? It never had a hold on me, but in bad times, definitely, I would have drank more. And instead of going to the gym or changing the diet which I know now helps me if I'm down I'd have said fuck this I'm going for scatter of pints in the evening and you would feel better after but the next day you'd feel worse right and what made you buy a pub then how did that come about so we were always traveling outside of the village for music we were always traveling outside the village for a different type pub experience and we would love the idea of having it all on our doorstep because drink driving is a huge problem we don't promote it and trying to get taxis in the west of Ireland home from Clamaris or Kilshamaw was impossible. Um, and my local at the time would have been Kilshamaw. And it's, it's a fair fucking spin. And the Kilshamaw taxi refused to come to Ahamore. And the Ahamore taxi was busy. It was hard to get him out of Kilshamaw. And if we went to Clamaris, you were getting home at two or three in the morning. So that was the big drive that the local people, and there's a nice little population, with a summer to go, that there'd be music every Saturday night, that you dress up, come out with your wife or your girlfriend, and not have to travel a million miles away. I'm not asking you your business now, but this has to be a very challenging business. Like, this can't be turning big money. Oh, it is. And it's, no, it isn't. It isn't massively profitable. You'll have one or two, you know, great days in the year like you had last week. But you like a squirrel, you got to stockpile the nuts. And as you'll see driving in here, I've invested every single penny back into it. Tarmac, the apartment, I'm, you know, the only B&B, Airbnb in the village. We're offering our accommodation. We offer a very good service. Uh, but I think it's something the village needs, that you can have the afters of wedding, you can have the afters of Christian, you can have a 21st, you can have relatives home stay in the Airbnb, that you have some place to go. And it brings us together as a community. Pub isn't all about drink. It's For a lot of people, it's about uh, socialising, that they can sit in and have a fucking chat and a bit of crack in the evenings. To be honest, you come in here on a Monday evening and there's 10 lads along the bar, it is a great laugh and be ready for the piss to be taken out of you. And you would leave in good form. Yeah. Do you have the same regulars on the same nights? 
Uh, during the weekend, this place is 80% outsiders. Yeah. So people from outside the village. During the week, it's nearly 99.9% locals, which is lovely. Um, but we're we're lucky. We get an awful lot of bus tours that pop up. Bus mis- tours? Mystery tour drinkers. Yeah, they do five or six pubs. It's a big thing now. What? And I had a great chat with Moran's buses uh, during the week. And he was telling me they plan bus tours and he didn't know we were here and he was going to add us into it. And we used to, years ago, we used to do a mystery tour in the October bank holiday and the May bank holiday where you'd take in five or six different pubs. And the free lift home service has brought people from everywhere else. Like last uh, Sunday night, I done 11 lifts home from here along with our own taxi from the pub that done... You offer a, t- a free lift free home? Free lift home. And I was up in a Clunfad, uh, Brickens, Claremorris, um down the far side near Swinford, Charles Town. So that's where the clientele are coming from everywhere. Wow. I, I didn't know the bus tours were a thing. They are. Just like oh, a, yeah. Just a piss up. Like. Oh, we usually get one a weekend, if not, you know, one every second weekend. And how do you plan for that? So a bus pulls up outside. They'll message you to say, look, we're going pop and tileens. There's going to be 50 of us, 25 of us. They'll come in, they'll hit it hard for an hour. Wow. If they stay a little longer, we'll make sure to have music and food for them and away they go. But that's we have brilliant. live music every Saturday night and we have triad Friday nights. Um, the pub trade is very, very hard in the middle of a town or a city or a, a bigger village. Do you think this pub is sustainable? i give you a stat. Last two weeks ago on Joe.ie, 90% of Ireland's nightclubs are closed. 90%. Two pubs in Ballyhonas closed in the last three weeks. Definitely, it will be the survival of the fittest, but it will be the pubs that make the effort. It will be the pubs that try. And you can't close them all, and they will not all close, but COVID changed people's outlooks on life. A lot of drink from home. The cost of everything has gone cracked since. And it's expensive to go out because you've got to get the babysitter, you got to get the taxi, you got to have the money for drink, the price of everything's gone up. So realistically, you need 150 to 200 quid to go out for a night, mm. which is a lot of money. And I think if you run a good enough service, it will survive. But you have to be ahead of the game and you have to be different. Now, I do believe, and I told you, you know, that... I feel the world is going to do another huge change towards wellness, which is spoken about, and fitness, which is spoken about. And younger people are more educated than we were when we were younger. And they're smarter. And they're looking at that more so as well. Right. So you'd really want a pub with a treadmill that you can man could have a pint afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> You're on about having a, a sauna out the back and then come in here to rehydrate. Exactly. Ice bath and in then for <laughs> five quick pints. I wouldn't put it past you. Well, Eileen's, you, you watch this space. Eileen's Wellness Centre. Yeah, you watch this space. Plus pints. Where do you see yourself going in the next five years? Are you going to stick at the houses or... I will. I will always be involved in the houses because I really feel that I have so many designs to work on. I have so much innovation to work on. But I would like to branch out into like what I spoke about and help smaller companies and let them know the lessons that I've learned. Invest in some small companies. I'd like to get more into wellness like I've spoken about. I feel there's a massive part to play. I'd like to spend a bit more time at the farm, a bit more time with the kids because they're only small once. And... I'm happy mixing all of that together. And I think it is easy to work balance that. We have huge news to announce today now. Massive news. And probably the biggest news that BRB has ever had. You're expanding. We are. Look, it's been brilliant. Our customers used to be Mary and Tommy that had 50 to 60 grand to build, you know, a little unit behind their parents' house to get their feet on the ground or a holiday home. Our customers are now schools, airports, 
people that have a 3,000 square foot house that are willing to spend five, 600,000 euros, it has grown massively. But our product has totally changed. We've spent a fortune innovating. We've come with the times and we are looking on a huge recruitment campaign, as you well know. So tell us then, what's the recruitment campaign going to consist of? So at the moment, we need 20 staff immediately. 20? 20, with potentially another 20 in 12 months. So we're nearly doubling, but sorry, my workforce at the moment is 57. So we're going to add in 20 to that and another 20. So you're nearly half it, like... Um, Where are these people going to be then? What's the what's So the there's plan? a variety of roles because the company has grown so much. So we need an architectural uh, technician, which usually does CAD drawings. We need a QS for quantity surveying. We need a structural engineer. We need someone in customer services because now we have hundreds of customers. So we need someone on customer services. Uh, we need apprentice electricians. We need apprentice carpenters. We need apprentice welders. We need welders. We need carpenters. Uh, we need roofers. There's a variety of people we need and it's a great thing to be in it. But what I want is I'm doing this different this time. Not putting up the silly little ad on Facebook or contacting radio with jobs waves. I've brought you on board and we're going to tell the story why we need people. We're going to offer incentives for people to come home to fuck from Australia and England and Canada and come back to where you should be. And we're going to try and help costs on that. But, but uh, not, being, not being smart now, and I don't know how much you're offering these people, but I know for a fact, whatever what wage you're offering, uh, an apprentice carpenter in Swinford isn't going to be what he's getting in Australia. Well, first of all, he won't be doing apprenticeship in Australia. You know what I mean? So he's gone out. There. But let's take Australia. I'm glad you brought that up. Interest rates are going through the roof. I'm speaking to people in Australia that I'm building houses for that are moving home because it's unsustainable. They may be on $3,000 a week, $2,500 a week, but when they take their childcare, their mortgage, their rent, a lot of them are renting and the rent has gone way up into account. They haven't fucking $800 left at the end of it all. While if you're home here, you have the support of mom and dad are down the road to help babysit, my sister is down the road to help. Um, I might be on six, seven, eight hundred a week, but everything is far more reasonable. And I have this network and community around me and I'm back to where I should be. They all left because there was nothing fucking here. To be honest, there is stuff here now. And the construction industry, the standard construction industry may not be booming, but definitely factory built um, is booming. And anyone I'm talking to within the industry is booming. This is huge news, Don. Like you're taking on 20 plus staff. Like that's a huge investment from you. It is, but I believe in putting it back in. A lot of people were saying, why don't you stay as you were? Look, I always said it. I'm not here to take part. I'm here to take over. I want it to be fucking a massive, massive brand. I want more and more houses. See, a lot of people didn't come to us because they didn't understand us or trust us. Now everybody knows us. Like, I'm delighted to announce I'm building a building below at Knock Airport. I'm doing a, cl- a school in Ballinrobe. I'm doing a school in Brickens. I have priced another four schools in Mayo. I am building houses for the elite of the elite, well-known business people within the county, millionaire business people in the county. People trust us. They know that we're here and we build the fucking houses. We say what we're going to do and we stand over them. Before this, there was the myth and, oh, I wonder will it stand up and they did have timber on the outside and now they're plastered and they look like a normal house. We've totally evolved. People believe and they understand this is the way forward. Blocks is a thing of the fucking past. Why are blocks a thing of the past? Because no one is doing a block lane apprenticeship because it's too slow, it's too wet, it's too hard on your body. People are... You know, they see their uncles and uh, and they're crippled and they see relatives and it's too slow. And we need things that pace and we need things that are affordable. And 
220 a square foot versus 164 is a massive saving. And couples don't have that extra 150,000 to throw up a block house. Do you know what I'm going to find very interesting now? As soon as we announce this and as soon as we say, right, uh, BRB are expanding 20 plus jobs in the East Mayo area. I'll be interested to see what media pick up on it. Because if a, if a little opens down the road here in Ahamore and they hire 14 staff, it's all over the news. And they're turning, whatever, 200,000 a week. It doesn't matter how many staff they're hiring. They're just going to do well anyway the minute they open. I'll be interested to see if the media tap into this and say, there's, there's a fella now investing, re, reinvesting in his business, hiring 20 people and encouraging people to come home. I'm dying to see what they what they pick well, up. Well, I'd like to think the local media would, and they they usually are very good to me. But I understand Lidl and Aldi and all these people are spending a fortune with them. But this is why I've done it different this time, and this is why we're going doing the videos and we're going on social media because the people we want aren't fucking listening to the radio. They're in Australia, they're in Canada, they're in America, they're down the other end of... They're in Dublin. I'm yeah. looking for people in Dublin to come home. Uh, to be fair, though, their parents are probably listening to the radio. They are, yeah. and I'd hope they'd push it on, but... Yeah. Let's take the little, right? And this is, it's a total different topic to where we're going, but I want to talk about it. Yeah. John Shannon's butcher shop in Kilshama is closing and he put it on social media uh, two weeks ago and it was a big shock to me. Now, he offers a class service and he, Today FM awarded him Best Sausage, I remember on Ray Darcy way back, they'd done a whole thing in Ireland and it's a lovely service to go into. But the Lidl's and the Aldi's and the Tesco's of this world are fucking our local towns. And the councils aren't helping it and the government. I feel that Lidl and Aldi and Tesco's should be well taxed. And this tax is then used to supplement and keep the John Shannons of the world, the local butcher shop, the local news agent, the local grocery to stay open. And I love going and Marion will tell you, the kids come with me on a Monday evening to Kieran Tarpers and Kelly. We get Peggy's ham. I buy my yogurt and bread for the week. They love going in. Kieran gives them a lollipop. That's fucking gone. The people in Little and Aldi don't care about Jack Me. You don't dish out lollipops. They don't sponsor the local teams or the heritage days or do the coffee mornings. And it's sad that Ireland is going to become this place with huge fucking shops and Witherspoon pubs. No local pub, no local grocery, no local shop. And that's what I don't want. But the big supermarkets will turn around to you and say, well, we're going to deliver that steak at two euro cheaper than your man down the road. Yeah, but they're also shafting the people they're buying them off. And the factories are shafting the farmer with the meat. And I have cattle and I sold a heifer yesterday in Castlery and the price wasn't what it should be. Bollocks. We ne- <laughs> and I'm telling you, you take it, John Shannon should be support. No, John, I'm not saying John closed because he wasn't making money. John has worked very hard. He's retired. No one has taken over the business. But they, just, should, they yeah, should be supplemented. They should be paying no fucking rates. None. Tesco Little Nandy should be paying all the rates. And they should get a grant to stay fucking open. And they're buying cattle locally. And John Shannon bought lambs off me. They're up there, Donald Burns lamb. I know where the meat comes from. What's below in Tesco's Nandy? We don't know where the fuck it came from, even though they, it's packaged. But do you think the majority of people give a shite where it comes they from? They need to give a shite because Ireland is going to become this fucking place that no one knows their neighbours, that no one has a community spirit, that no one knows who the sponsor on the jersey is. It's all about the mail, the people around them. Fucking hell. Like, if you close this place in the morning and close the place across the road, where are we all going to go? We're going to go to the big towns... You won't meet anyone having a pint. You won't meet anyone buying a loaf of bread and tarpies. You won't meet anyone in the butcher shop. You know, who's buying your cattle? One big fucking cattle dealer. They're all going to factories. They become feedlots. Ireland needs to simplify itself and go back to fucking basics. 
And just not make it so complicated that we know where all our produce is coming. We know our local butcher by name. We know our local barber. It's lovely to have people do business with fucking people. I buy meat of Shannon and Duffy because I know them. I get my hair cut at John Kelly and Conrad because I know them. I go to Kieran Tarpey because I know him. And I like going in and I have the chat. People are staring into fucking phones, and I'm promoting social media, but they need to go back to having conversations and saving mental fucking health. I know, look, that, that speech you're after giving there is very inspirational and everything, but at the end of the day, people are really, really minding the pennies. They are. And people are up against the wall. They and are. there's a much bigger problem in the country at the minute. And who's to blame? The government. Yes, 100%. Look mm. at the profits the electricity companies have made here in the last fucking 24 months. Yeah. And they're going through the roof. Billions in profit. Look at the fucking fuel costs. Look at the way they rode us on fuel costs. Do you know what pissed me off lately was all the money pissed away into the children's hospital in Dublin. Joke. And myself and Cowboy Joke. running around Galway Racecourse raising money for the Breast Cancer Institute. Why wasn't that hospital built below in the Midlands? Why wasn't it... If I sign a, pr- a price with you to build you a house... I have to honour the price. Yeah. How is it that you're allowed to put in the extras they put in? How does it cost billions? Like it's it's and it's because who you know and people won't like to hear that, but it's fucking true. And it is the fact that there's consultants hired to design the hospital that cost millions, and they don't deal with the builders who they know very fucking well to build the fucking hospital. And the builders have deals with the companies that supply the concrete, and everyone has a fucking cozy deal, and it's wrong. When it goes to public tender, it should be for the best price, sign a contract, honour the price. If you can't build it for that, fuck off. But there is no evidence. I know, but you're just... <laughs> let's just... Let's do you not remember we had a Minister for Finance that didn't have a bank account? Like, yeah, will you fucking I stop? Do. I do, yeah, but that's the thing. Uh, just back to that, like... No, I'm not being negative, by the way, no, and I've gone on a negative spiel there. No, it just annoys me. It, it is frustrating because I got talking to Dr. Michael Curran down in Galway, and, you know, as you know, and good friends with Fiona and other, other breast cancer survivors, and... It's just such an important and vital service and it's such a pity that we have to do these fundraisers like like begging people to buy tickets to win a car, begging this, begging that, begging the whole time for this vital, vital service and all the money being pissed away in this country. Didn't RT sum it up? And they had a fucking Oireachtas and brought them all in. Jesus Christ, man, if I was brought into court and give the answers that they gave, you'd be fucking locked up. Yeah, you would. The accountability needs to be shown. Like, simple, right? Let's just talk about the housing crisis. Years ago, and I spoke about the Bungalow Bliss book in the last podcast and how it came out in news agents and the council said, buy the book, pull out your plans, send them in, and there was council mortgages and a bungalow fucking madness happened back in the 70s and 80s and into some part of the 90s. All we have to do is not reinvent the wheel. Bring out a new book with some sexy bungalows. Say, if you're from the area and you try, we're going to give you a plan, and without asking for a fucking report, is there some snail from Afghanistan living in the field, or a bat, or fucking landscape plan, <laughs> absolute <laughs> stupidity. And you know what, we've council mortgages now, which are coming back, and we're going to lend you the money, but we'll own the house till you pay for it. And rates and all these monies should be used for that. I'm below in Swinford, my rates, which drove me nuts, and I went to public radio about it last year, went to 48 grand, I appealed it. I don't get water. Sorry, I get water off Irish water, but it's not as if I'm getting it free. I don't get sewerage. We have a septic tank. I don't get street lighting. I don't get fucking footpaths. What is my rate money for? Well, this you know, it's that's not what it is. It's an unfair tax. That money should be set aside to help businesses within the area, to help a young couple build a house. I don't care. But it's not been spent. The money should be kept within the fucking area. 
So your rates were 48,000? 48,000. Before you opened the doors at all? And I had to go back down to Belmullet to appeal it from a consultancy company that came from Dublin. And now the rate lady, by the way, is a lovely lady. It's not her fault. They hired a consultancy company to come down. They tried to rate me on the two show houses. And they took the square footage of them and classed them like offices. They were rating you on the, on the show house. They wanted to rate me on the show house. So my argument was, do you rate Pat Kelly on the fucking cars in his showroom? Well, no, they're within the showroom. Well, these are my cars. So you don't fucking rate people on what they're selling. And I had a big argument. And he was a, uh, an Eastern European lad working for a consultancy company. I went down to the municipal district office in Belmullet. I pleaded my case. And I got a small reduction, but fuck all. Wow. I'll tell you another one. And I don't mean to be negative. I have... Um, AutoCAD on our desktops for the lads. We added two more computers to the office and the lads were using it. We got a bill that we paid yesterday for 12,000 euros because they detected that we added two more computers. 12 grand. Even though I had the suite of software, but they detected two new users, so you need to pay for that. Like 12 grand for the year? 12 grand for the year. For a license to, to draw houses on the AutoCAD. Like, you're only encouraging black market bullshit. Yeah. It's so, so hard. And... And you can probably download, I'm not saying you're, you're, yeah. we're, not, we're not encouraging it, but you can probably download software somewhere. But the cost coming at you left, right and centre. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it's, and that's why I feel for the self-employed people. It's a lonely spot. But all these problems could be solved so fucking easily. Ride the fucking internationals that are coming in here, the fucking Intel, Facebook, Twitter... Ride them. We, the European co- brought us to court that they weren't charging them enough fucking tax. But they're below shafting the small man. Mind the small man and shaft the fucking big man. It's awful simple. <laughs> Donald, would you ever run for uh, office? I'd be wasting my time. Why? Well, because the system won't change. I'd be told, sit up the back and shut the fuck up. That's what I'd be told. Dude, who Was it one of George Lee or Charlie Burr? One of them bucks went for politics and they didn't last fucking six months. Waste of time. You think you're going to go in and solve the world. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think I need to control the controllables I control. If local council had more control, that's what I'd run for, to mind the people within the area. Let's come back to the positives then. The positives are that since BRB teamed up with the Big News Coming Soon podcast, your business has gone through the roof. Yes, that's, that's a big, <laughs> it's a big factor of it, without any question. But the other big factor is normal construction is gone. Yeah. And everyone realises that. And uh, no. modern methods of construction are part of it. And I'm only messing. There's I'm no question about that. So you're, you're um, hiring 20 plus staff. Yes. Effective immediately. Yes. So that's it. The call is out. The call is fucking out. We're looking for... And it's people. jobs at brbhomes.ie. We're looking for variety of people. If you are willing to work and don't send us uh, dodgy fucking CVs and dodgy references, we'll do a two-week trial. I, I had to let a poor lad go today. And, you know, he, he had down that he could nearly build Eiffel Tower. And sure, when it came to cutting the mustard, not able. Please come be genuinely a hard fucking worker and you'll do well with us. You want to work your way up the ladder, you'll do well with us. You have innovation, you'll do well with us. You want to be part of something that is fucking game-changing in Ireland, you'll do well with us. Can I ask you, how does the rest of the team feel about you bringing in another 20 lads? They're only delighted to loosen their workload. Sure, they're fucking mental. I have the best team that were ever known to mankind. We have the wettest fucking July on record. And they've stuck out on it, roofing, plastering, putting up fucking houses. And no fucking complaints. We had a barbecue here a few weeks ago. It was a fucking brilliant night. The best team that ever was in the fucking country. I have them. You said you're going to offer incentives to come home. 
I am. So uh, there's a little big cost of moving home and you have shipping containers filled with stuff and stuff like that. So if you've been working with me for six months and you haven't fucked off and just come for the incentives, I'm going to help cover that cost. All right, same with flights, um, but you have to be with me six months. Yeah. Because a lot of people are just going to come in, look for you to be there and fuck off. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe that that's an unfair cost. I reckon the government should be helping that. I said that years ago, if you go back on interviews, I done with Tommy Marin. Um, and I remember Indy Kindy saying to me, I, I pulled him one day on it. I said, our biggest export is young people. And uh, I said, we should be offering incentives to bring them home. And what about all the people that stayed here and they stayed and helped pay the bills and it wouldn't be fair on them? bollocks they'd love to see their family home they'd love to see their brother their sister their uncle their auntie home i can't think we'd begrudge them that we're giving them incentives to come home ireland has been known for people leaving for years we built america we built australia the famine all over england you know i'd love to keep we we export all our people once they're educated nurses doctors people in construction because we don't fucking mind them yeah and if we could just mind them that bitching they'd need to go no place and we wouldn't have a country no offense filled with people that aren't irish doing the jobs that irish people should be well you've heard it here first brb are hiring if you know anyone that is handy with their hands we're looking for a qs we're looking for carpenters electricians roofers customer service what's the email jobs at brbhomes.ie and it's happening right now straight away this minute when do you hope to have the full team recruited I'd hope with your good help. Usually I'd say we, uh, all the people in the office will probably quit after this now because the phones <laughs> will be hopping straight away. It'll be like the fucking poor bastard with the mortgage. No, just go email only and then it won't be as overwhelming. Yes, email only. No, to be honest, you need to have a CV. And a lot of people ring and I don't need a CV. And you do. What advice would you give somebody sending in a CV in general? Like Tell the, the truth. Do you, do you look for cover letters? I do, and I do ring people uh, for references, but to be honest, a lot of the references are no good. I do the trial, and the trial will fucking tell me. If it don't stack up, I'll know straight away. The references can be yeah. spoofing. Ah, oh, but time. sure, look, the paper never refused ink. Well, that's fantastic, Donald. Congratulations. Thank you. And the very best to look with it. And thank you for your help and support. It's and I mighty. hope it goes from strength to strength. Let's go down through some of the questions we've been asked on Instagram. Where does he get his energy from? We've already answered that pretty much. Uh, what's the one thing he would change if he was Taoiseach? Ooh, I told you, the housing plan. I'd, I'd, the bungalow best book would come back out. The council mortgage would come back out. If you're from the area, it's your own land, you're allowed to build a house and everyone else. Objections. That's another fucking thing. If you want to object to someone's house, 10 grand up front. Doesn't matter. You put it down to the council. If you have a decent objection, you put up your 10 grand. Otherwise, fuck off. What do you mean? There's people objection to people's houses. If we take... Just the, for the crack. The Westport area, which is the worst I've ever come across. It's filled with blowings from... Everywhere in the world that have holiday homes, and when a local person tries to build a house in the fucking area, they object. Bollocks, 10 grand up front, I'd even up to 50 grand. And if you're actually not from the area, you can't fucking object. It's bullshit, it needs to be changed. Why would somebody pay 10 grand to object? Because at the moment it costs no money to object, so they're all fucking objecting. So you need to put an obstacle in their way, which is money, because they don't have a decent reason to object. Right. Seems mad though, like if somebody was building in on top of my backyard and, and I didn't want them building and then I have to pay They're 10 not grand. building on top of them. I'm on about houses that could be a kilometre in the difference okay. between this house and the next house. I You're told, just talking about busybodies. Well, they're not busybodies, but they're arseholes. <laughs> That's what they're. What's the difference arseholes. between a busybody and an arsehole? A busybody is just looking over the fence. An arsehole is a mile up the road causing trouble when he should be just minding right. his own fucking business. An arsehole. Uh, can he build houses that already have planning permission? Not sure what type to go with. Block ICF. Yes, fire us in the plans and we'll have a look. Um, ask him about the book he did years ago. It was a great read. 
Oh, yes, fly, sink and swim. Excellent. We brought it out for the Mayor's Common Hospice. We used to do a fundraiser every year. We had burnt out the barn dance. We had swam to Clare Island. We brought out the book. It interviewed five different people that started off with nothing. Frank Harrington, which was Harrington Concrete, and the story of the airport. Jimmy McGee, Athlone Extrusion. Steve Redmond, who was the first man in the world to swim the Seven Channels, uh, which was a brilliant story. Dave McGowan, who brought the plane in at the time in Enniscrone, which was big news. And myself. And it was brilliant. Where can you get it? You can't get it anywhere anymore. The, li- the All the libraries of Mayo have it to rent. But if there was enough interest, I'd get a few hundred printed. You had to order, I think you had to order three or four hundred at a time. Okay. Ireland in the sun or a Italy in the rain? Ireland in the sun. After you receive planning permission, what's the time frame to start from start to finish, roughly? Okay, so once you get planning permission, you have to leave it. I think it's four to five weeks, which also gives opportunity for a neighbour to object. When the four or five weeks are up, then you file a commencement notice. Once the commencement notice is accepted, we're usually on site within a month. A month for the concrete to cure, and then we're back with the house, and you're talking about eight to 12 weeks, depending on size of the house. Do BRB look after the planning permission? Yes. Is it possible to extend an existing home with a BRB home? Yes, we won't do an extension under 400 square foot. There's a lot of people looking for... Uh, renovation and little conservatories and stuff yeah. like that. So There definitely is room for a builder. I would encourage them to start up because no one can seem to get anyone to do small extensions and that's how I started killing construction way back in the day. But why wouldn't you uh, set up that business? No, I'm afraid we're, we're, we're gone beyond that, I'm afraid. What does, what does 400 square foot look like then? It, 10 metres by 4 metres, roughly 4 square metres in around that. No question for Donald, just tell him he's a mighty bit of stuff. Love listening to him. Does he find Mayo Coco an absolute pain in the hole? My heart is broken with them. No, I'll be honest, I have a great relationship with them now and uh, the Builder Control Officer came out and he stayed in the factory for a long time to understand what we did and he came to see how it's going up. They now have a great understanding of what we do. I don't blame them in particular. I deal with councils all across the country and every one of them have their challenges so I do not say they're a pain in the hole. How is he enjoying his newfound fame? As I told you, yeah, it's, it's different. I like an Instagram, though, and the, all the lovely messages I get, and, you know, there's no nastiness, and the people I meet, look, no, I do, I enjoy it. Can he build cute little cottages? Yes, we have a lovely Brackloon model, it's gorgeous, with a big glass gable. Uh, look it up on our website. Is he single? I am happily married, and will always be happily married, and have two beautiful children. Ask him, how does his wife put up with him? She loves me. Imagine coming <laughs> home to me every day, all merciful hour, will you? Stop. <laughs> I'd say her heart is fucking broken. <laughs> she deserves an award, all right. <laughs> we'll have to get her on for a podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> no bother, not a bother. We'll do one. Uh, is there a price differential for home insurance? No, th- not everyone deals with it. There's four or five companies, but no, it's pretty much the same. Right, pretty much the same. Yep. Uh, does he build in Northern Ireland? I haven't built a plan and spec, but we have built non-plan specs. There's a question here. What's the cost, including VAT? Like, that's asking how long is a piece it of It is. Strength? Look, just go to 164 euros a square foot plus VAT. Blocks and mortars around two, 220 square foot. So you're saving 40 to 50 Slow 000. down. Slow down. Okay, sorry. Slow. Calm the jets. Okay. Right, so if I have plans, on the bottom right-hand corner of the plans, I have the square foot of the house. Correct. I multiply that by... 164 euros. And that is the price you will build that house Correct. for? Providing it's on the mainland. Correct. If we're going to the island, uh, as me and you did, yes, there's extra costs. Uh, Donald brought me on a site visit out to uh, uh, Clare Island and it was good. I learned an awful lot. And you were in Inish Turk? I sure was on Inish Turk. I was there the day you were collecting the cheque for those two houses and you were doing a dance on the boat the whole way home. You bollocks and you shared it for my birthday. Thank you, prickhead. And then you, it ended up costing you two tyres. Yeah. Oh no, that was a different day. That was a different day. Uh, could Donald not source you a site? He seems to be a man in the know. 
I told you, no problem in East He's Mayo. trying to sell me one of his own sites here in Ahamore. Sh- Look, wouldn't it be only fucking lovely that we could call over for fondue parties and put the keys <laughs> in the bowl and stuff like that? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now I tell you one thing. I wouldn't mind pulling Marion's keys out of the bowl. You fucking bollocks. <laughs> Pick a fucking window now and you'll go through it. What's a fondue party? So you'll find out. And we've Tupperware <laughs> parties. When you move to Ahamore, I'll bring you to one. Do you still have the stations around here? I had the, st- the last stations that were in this village were in my house when I first moved into it. And my auntie, Mary O'Loughlin, Lord of Mercy, and her photo was up there, uh, begged me to have them at the age of 20. We had the stations in my house. And I remember um, my mom was giving out cups while the priest was setting up and we were pouring wine and whiskey into the cups and beer. And everyone was, look, with cups, everyone thought they had tea and we were flat out. But it was brilliant. And it was a, it's a lovely tradition that wouldn't be bad bringing back. To I us. remember the stations in my village, though, but it used to cost us a fortune because the mother would have the whole house wallpapered. She'd be getting new tarmac out the front, the whole house painted, just because they were in a house last year and they got lovely wallpaper and they had lovely paint. It had cost you 10 grand to the stations. It for the economy to get it all oh, tidied up. stop. Uh, how did he go from Big Red Barn to the Modular Homes? I think we covered that in the last we podcast. Did. We covered that in the last So podcast. if you go back to the last yep. podcast, you'll know. Uh, where can you get a mortgage for BRB Homes? Again, if you're not a spoofer, contact the office. If you have money, if you have records, if you have a job, um, and you have every, if you have all your ducks in a row, basically, Donal should be able to help you out with that. Uh, there's a lot of questions about the house insurance. Everyone seems to yeah, think there's that... there's no the, bother with insurance. Just contact the office. And again, don't be contacted us until you fucking go and build a house. People worried about insurance when they don't even have a fucking house. We wouldn't be selling hundreds of houses if you couldn't get insurance. <laughs> Where does he buy his shirts? Oh, very fucking funny. No. I'd go to Egemens were in Schlego. I'd go to uh, Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph. I do believe if you f- spend no a few pounds on a shirt, no notions, they will last. I have shirts that are there three and four years. Marion is there trying to bend them and I'm there. No, they're sound. Buy a shite shirt, it'll only last two or three times. Buy a good shirt, you'll have it forever. What, if any, were his barriers having dyslexia? I have a son with dyslexia and he has very low confidence. None now. I, I spoke about that. I think I'd done a post not long after the podcast. Years ago, it was a big thing. Sure, now with the fucking internet and Google, there's no such thing. You can spell check anything. Right, well, be no barriers. let's say, how have you any advice to improve this young lad's confidence? Uh, look, reading in public, who does it anymore? Do you mind me asking? Bourbon on the radio, like a normal person doesn't have to read in public. Remember the teacher used to make you stand and up and read a paragraph? That should stop. Yeah. In my, and I'm not faulting the educational system, but that was the only time I would get red and sweat around the collars when you had to stand up in the class and read. Look, there's so many jobs out there. You're not going to have to be fucking reading to anyone. And there's so many softwares and so much technology now. It's way different. Um, can BRB manufacture Georgian-style homes? Yeah, again, you send us the design, we'll price it. You can get Georgian Covens, you can get Brick Effect, Why lots and lots of bits. Is he interested in getting involved in pyrite homes? We have took on one or two of them. It's schlobbery, yeah, we have no problem doing it. It makes total sense that you come with us rather than a block bill because we don't knock your house till the house is built in the factory. You have less time spent on rent and storage. Yeah, there's not a problem, but it's the government have it set up that it's very, very schlobbery. It's not simple. What does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Ooh, and I said this to someone the other day. It means an awful lot of fucking people depend on you. It's not just about you anymore. It's about the people that work around you, that you have a lot of wages paying a Friday. That's a lot of families. You have a lot of subbies. You have a lot of suppliers you buy off. It gives a great sense of pride to, to be able to keep that going in the area. Sense of achievement is lovely to see somebody come up along the ranks. But it's a lot of responsibility. But if, if you were well able 
and you're not, you know, afraid to take on a, a mammoth task, I definitely go forward. And I think there needs to be more relief for entrepreneurs. There needs to be more encouragement for them. Um, but it is class. What's the best advice you've been given as a child of a recession like myself? Ooh, Jesus. And there was a lot I learned out of it. I suppose you've seen an awful lot of fucking Amadons during the boom with, you know, 10 or 20 houses and helicopters and fucking houses abroad. You wouldn't want to be getting too big for your boots and live within your means. You know, buy in and build what you can afford and always be grounded. doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or not, always be grounded. What I seen during the boom was an awful lot of Amadons that, you know, wanted to be big knobs that weren't. But when you actually get to know a big knob, they're very, very sound. I found that at the races during the week. The ones that had the most were the soundest. Yeah. And the ones that had nothing were hard work. They're the wannabes. Mm. Yeah. How does the electrical wiring get installed? And is it harder or easier than a block-built house to add after? It's easier because there's no no chasing, which you would have with blocks. There's voids to pull cables, so it's way neater and tidier. Uh, There was a question there. I lost it about the American truck. How did you get the American truck into Ireland? I bought it off Steel Tech Sheds, Sean Brett. He had it above smashing garden sheds to show how strong they were. Um, and the problem I'm having now is parts, getting them in from America. It should have been ready for the truck run last week, and I'm on my third windscreen because every time they come from America, they're cracked, and they have to go through customs and waiting. So it's two years been done up, but it will be class when it's finished. What's the percent? What's the success percentage rate of planning permission? I, I, oh, I kind of it's feel high. It's in the 98, 99. I think we've won with Bora Planola and we've only had one refusal, which was that girl that was married in Galway and she couldn't get it because she had already a plan in her name. It's it's very good. We don't make money in planning permission. So when we take on a client, we make sure that they're nearly going to get it because it's built into the cost. Is that why you do the site visit? Yes. To cut out the shit? Yes, to cut out the shit. And the site visit costs how much? 350. Right. So what, what does a site visit consist of then? So luckily, and I'm not afraid to give a plug, I have a, a lady from Belmullet, um, Sandra Ginty, that built me an app. So when I go out, all the questions I used to ask are now built into the app. So I'm looking at road frontage, water, sewerage, cables, ground conditions. Um, is it family-owned land? Are you from the area? Have you a need for housing? And we go through all these questions. We take pin drops. We take pictures. And I'll know straight away the minute I pull up, you know, whether you're in or you're out. What has been the biggest change in your life in the last 12 months? The biggest change, I suppose, Instagram. Chatting with you and doing the live podcast has been a totally difference. People having more faith in BRB homes and seeing houses that have been built in their area 12 months ago, a year and a half ago, and they were back in the same area, so we're busier, busier, busier. And that I have a nice work-life balance. People are dying for me to go on the road and see more houses. Yes, let's fucking go. <laughs> it's okay for you. Yeah, I'm going to bring in two spare fucking wheels and all. No more content for you, you bollocks. <laughs> we went down to Cork. And again, there's a highlight on my page if anyone wants to go back and see them. We went down to Cork to visit Ray in his, uh, I would call that a mansion. That's a big house. So yeah, it goes to 2,000 square foot. I think it's about 1,900 or 1,880 or something. And what I really liked about that house was that it just blended in with all the other block-built houses in the area. You had no idea that it was a factory-built house. Then we went out to Inish Turk to see the two... They were like cottage-style houses, weren't they? 
They were. They were the real yeah. Irish style cottage where you have the kitchen living in the middle and the room above and the room below and the bathroom out the back. But they fitted perfectly with the island and you, you have to remember you can't build you know something that's totally away from what it should be. And then we went out to Clare Island to a side visit where somebody has a bungalow and they were looking for your advice. I loved it. Can we tell this story without telling it, yeah. any details? They're going so, ahead, by the way. So Are they? Yeah, yeah. Am I getting commission for that? No, because I don't know the talk. I sold, I got that across the line for you. You were stuttering and stammering. Like I wasn't stuttering and stammering. Brown, you, you, were, you were bombarding that poor woman with figures in the corner. <laughs> and I was telling you to slow down, to fuck. The poor woman didn't know if she was coming or going. So they have a bungalow. And basically, they paid huge money for these for this design. Of an architect. Of an architect. Can we t- can we say how much they paid? Yep. Was it ten grand? Twelve grand. Twelve grand. And this design wasn't worth a fiddler's. They got planning for it, but to realistically build it, it's like the man never visited the site. It was just like extending on a sitting room, to uh, on a very funny shape to a really old cottage that if you. Broke a hole, you know, massive hole in it like he wanted to, it was going to fall apart. It was, it was really I- impractical, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you sat down with them, you had an idea to drop a whole new bungalow in beside the bungalow that's already there and attach them with a little... Uh, joining piece, yeah. A joining piece. So their old cottage is structurally safe and sound. You're not... Um, smashing it at all. You're not smashing it at all. And then they have a, an A-rated building at the side. And, I, and the way I always phrase it is you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's lug. So trying to make an A-raised home out of what they had was impossible. Well, if you put an A-raised home beside it and link them up, you got two. But Don, I found this really interesting and this isn't a sales pitch again for you and I know it does sound like one, but those two people sat there, right? You took out a piece of paper. So you had a, you, this was Don. He just comes in, he rips off a piece of paper like this and he draws it out and he goes, here's your house now and I'm going to do this with the light and this and blah, we top with the measuring tape and I'm going to draw this and I'm going to pop it in here and I'm going to drop it down. The two of them were gobsmacked and they just sat there going, what have we paid 12 grand for? You solved all their problems for 350 euros. But sometimes, and that 350 comes off now that they're going ahead. Sometimes you just need a fresh pair of eyes. And I'm not gifted in writing. I amn't. And I'm not gifted in lots of different things. But I just can see things differently. And it's just the way my brain works. When I pulled up to that house and it was wicked tight along the road, I knew from looking at it from the plans they had what I would do. And that, that's all in now. If you look at the west of Ireland, you will see uh, a brand new house been built in two sections. Like two bungalows, old style bungalows adjoining where you have living one side and you have sleeping the other. Which makes total sense that if you're below in bed and there's a party in the sitting room, you can't hear it. And it looks and fits in with the west of Ireland. So what their fancy architect done was a big glass gable that was like something out of a ship that faced the sea in the Atlantic that was taken in the views but didn't tie in or look anything like their cottage. And we're going to go for a change of design now and there shouldn't be an issue. But what I've done is just practical and it's going to mean they could actually rent their old house and live in the new house or they could do sleep on one side, live on the other and one is A-rated and one isn't. Or eventually, just say 20 years down the road, they can do away with the cottage and put in another A-rated house and have one big, huge A-rated house. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's just weird, but I could see it different, you know, and it's nice when you get to know someone, understand their story before you go building for them. But I can't emphasise the look on their face enough. Mm. These two people were absolutely horrified at the fact that they had spent... And you asked them, you said, look, it's none of my business. Do you mind me asking how much you paid for this? And they were like, we paid 12 grand. And I totally understand an architect is a place and if you're fucking minted and you're going to build a huge house, get an architect and make it different. But when you come from an island that's filled with small little old Irish cottages, you don't need to be reinventing the fucking wheel. Like. Yeah. Listen, fair play. I think we've uh, we've covered enough now at this stage and uh, I just wish you the very best of luck with everything. 
Thanks for inviting me into Eileen's. Well, you're very welcome. And can I just say as well, Cookie Gin is now on sale in Eileen's. Yeah, we've took that old Bombay shite and fired it out the door. <laughs> Cookie is above there now for anyone that wants. First person in after they hear this and says, Alan Clark Cookie Gin gets a free gin. Now, this is the last batch, so uh, come in and enjoy it because there'll be no more after this. We'll be filling them out the tap after this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be putting Bombay into We that, don't water nothing down, sorry. Into that bottle when that bottle is done. Uh, thanks for inviting me into Eileen's. If anyone's in the Ahamore area, call in and say hello. Uh, have you any questions for me? Tell uh, me, Clark, now. And I'll ask the questions that everyone is thinking and I'm not afraid to ask it. With all your bollocks and above the goal races and you give a very political answer when you were asking your questions afterwards, surely to God you made one queer one. I didn't. Not one? Not one. No, no. I have no problem saying it. So, like, if you fell into a bunch of nettles, no one sting you? No, I didn't. I didn't meet anyone. But, but there's a rumour going around. There's a rumour going around that I was with another content creator. Oh, I didn't hear the rumour. Yeah. Where uh, is she from? I'm not saying, because I'm not going giving it. And did you create any content between you? No. Did you video it? No, there's no, there's no, uh, there's nothing in it. Clark, we're going to have to do something with that now. And an interesting thing, I got, I got two phone calls uh, last week. I don't know, did I say this to you before? I got two phone calls last week. I got one from a male who said there's a rumour going around myself and yourself are together. Oh, well, now. And then an hour later, I got a phone call saying there's a rumour that I'm with the female. No. And, and he- you are a grand lad, but you- I'd kill you. Look at the size of you. And neither am I up. now. And neither am I. But I would be with the, the other girl in question. But uh, no, I just have to clear that out. Okay. There was no... Um, uh, the rumour mill is a great thing, though. But you know yourself too, Donald. When you're there for the seven days and you saw the work that I was doing and it did look like fun on Instagram, but you saw behind the scenes... And you saw the stress. That yeah, no, it was heavy going. I don't know how you stuck it. It wouldn't be for me now. Yeah. You, you know, could, you a could quick be, little interview and act the bollocks is crammed for 10 minutes, but doing it fucking seven days solid. You couldn't be going off gallivanting in the evenings. Um, Jeez, I thought you might have some queer one out in a harsh box someplace. But anyways, no. look, you're different. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. No, next year now. Next year. I'll next have year. my ducks in a row next year. Yeah. I'll have more free time. <laughs> any more questions? Um, let me see if any more questions. How do you find the Range Rover? How do I find it? It's a sow. <laughs> it's a sow. No, to be fair, do you know what? I had um, a Touareg before that, and I could not. I thought there was a hole in the bottom of the Touareg. I thought there was a hole in it. And I find that a lot more economical than the Touareg. But still, it's heavy going when you're doing the mileage we're doing. Do you put a trailer on it? No. You want to put an old trailer on and test it? There's a tow bar on it already. We'll right. do an old run to Cashelry next week to the Mart, the two of us. I don't know what I'll do now. I'm going to have to... I'm, I'm doing savage mileage, and I'm stopping. The, it'll pass everything except a petrol station. <laughs> so, you know, it's all right for you, like, with the fuel card, the DCI card. fucking bollocks. He was on about 150 a week. I put it in every two days. You're <laughs> fucking stop. Stop. Is that it? That's it. Right. Good luck. What's the email? Jobs at brbhomes.ie. Info at brbhomes.ie. Remember, folks, is fade your fucking lane. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie